Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Welcome to another installment of Tales from the Forlorn Dopes. I am one of the hosts, Cyber Smiley. Greetings, programs. I am the other host, Wisdom Triple Zero. I am uh, happy to be here today. Not as happy as as Smiley is. He got to go to Gen Con and meet all sorts of groovy people. Yeah, a few We're of them. talking about that. Yeah, definitely going to be talking about that. And also... A lot of stuff happened since our last episode around cyberpunk. Indeed. Um, I don't know where to start. <laughs> well, uh, Danger Gals dropped. Danger Gals dropped. Uh, the, yeah, the uh, Cyberpunk Red Combat Zone uh, Kickstarter shipped to everybody, so that's out. And now available uh, on novel stores came as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 novel came out. Called No Coincidence. Yeah, I have not had a chance to read it or get a copy of it yet, but I am very much looking forward to doing so. Yes, mine is in the mail as we speak. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> another thing that was announced was uh, a new Dark Horse comic called Cyberpunk 2077 XOXO. Uh, so they're continuing the saga of cyberpunk, at least in comic book form. Um, the writer and is Bartzo, I know I'm horrible at Polish names. Yeah. Tybor? Tybor? Stiber? I don't know. I, I think that's about as close as I'm going to get. Bartos Stibor. Or uh, I I'll tell you the announcement that's got me the most excited. What's that? And that is they're redoing uh, Tales from the Forlorn Hope, and oh. Will Moss is coming back to write. Oh, you heard that. I did hear that. I am so very excited. Yeah, so... Will um, Moss is a, uh, is a friend of the show. We interviewed him a little while back. He did not drop any hints about this one. 
Nope. So, hmm. I, I don't think he's writing all the scenarios. I think he might be just writing the f forward and maybe one or two up. Uh, you know, adventures. that's that's fine by me. Uh, I'm just happy that, you know, they're bringing back some of the old guys and, and uh, showing them love. I mean, we love those guys, so, yeah. Yeah, so that was announced um, during Gen Con, uh, during the Q&A with uh, our Talsorian. Um, so we'll just get into uh, what's going on with Gen Con. So... <clears throat> Gen Con. Um, Artel Sorian had a pretty right. big booth. Uh, yeah, yeah. Plus, they had that giant banner. They should. They they took pictures of their giant banner as you walk in. Yep. Um, what I want to know is, uh, you stole that, right? And you're sending it to me. Um, there, there was already a theft at this year's Gen Con with. Uh, the police involved. Yeah, but those are it's, magic cards. Nobody cares Yeah, about but I, I, I know. But the problem was those guys were wearing shirts with their um, company name on it. And, of course, the only T-shirts I had wearing to John Con had my fate, my Cyber Smiley face plastered on it. So. Oh, yeah, no. Need to, it, it would have needed to have been a planned heist. For that exactly. I, I forgive you. Okay. So. Okay. I did take a picture of it, so we did get that. Um, it's it's it was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, hell, there was. I, I, I if I saw the picture correctly, there was like some neat cyberpunk or Artalsorian advertising on the escalator or some shit. Yep. Yeah, there was uh, quite a bit of it throughout, um, which I think was nice. I think because wizards really didn't have too big of a presence there. Um, I think our uh, our Talsorian really shined a lot. I mean, it's I I can't tell you how much that kind of presence like fills my heart with joy. Um, because like back in the day, like it, it, people kind of slept on cyberpunk. Like even the fans, like there just there just wasn't the big. I don't know. I, I've never been to Gen Con. I certainly didn't go to Gen Con in the 90s, so maybe it was a much bigger deal back then. Uh, I just know that at the game stores I would go to, there was never any advertising. Right. Because if there was, I would have moved hell in high water to get a hold of whatever posters or promotional materials they had, but I never saw any. Yeah, I never saw a promotional... So, uh stuff for cyberpunk especially in the game store i went to and this game store had everything right it had the interface yeah. magazines um all the 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 uh back then it was uh atlas and ianus yeah i mean the closest i ever saw were ads in in gaming mags that's that's really about it and and anime mags, like way back in the early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So this year's Gen Con was the biggest on record. Um, it showed there was a lot of people there. Um. And uh, yeah, so so this was so I went to Gen Con back when it was in Milwaukee, 
So that was, I want to say it was a 2001 I went. Um, maybe 2002. I forget which year it was, but uh, a lot different. So <clears throat> first off, Indianapolis is, I thought, was a great city um, to host Gen Con because... <clears throat> me and my friends so I mean, it's smack dab in the middle of everything so. yeah it is and it's big uh convention kind of city so that's that kind of helps with the tourism a um, lot of different restaurants a lot of good bars uh there's a bunch of different sections in in indy so you have like you know kind of an upscale area like a bohemian area um, and, you know, this is the first time I went to a, a Midwest city other than Milwaukee. Um, but Indy was really nice. Tons of different restaurants, which I loved. Uh, so I actually w went up there the Sunday before the con and was able to, uh, cruise through the city, find cool places to go to, um, Hang out with because I went with uh, four friends. We got an Airbnb that was like a mile and a half from the convention center. <clears throat> so, oh, nice! Yeah, so we thought we were gonna walk there every day. Um, and one of our friends brought uh, two bikes, and if we wanted to use one. However, when we found the e-scooters, that kind of changed. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ready for progress. Yeah, drop some uh, some ducats on uh, renting those scooters and driving around, um, which was fun until one eventful uh, incident, which I uh, took a dive. It was on Friday night, actually. So midway through the con, took a dive, fell down, felt bruised up like any any fall you're going to have on concrete and uh so i was in achy pain for uh the rest of the con and the drive home which was a, a 16 hour ordeal uh the next day i was in super pain my wife pushed me i can to, imagine uh, go to a clinic and uh, found out i had a fractured rib <laughs> old men and 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 Scooters just don't mix. It's like skateboards. Like just, just stay yeah. away, pal. Nah, I, I'll keep on driving them. So, well, so, there you go. So as I'm in pain driving these things uh, for half of the con. So, <clears throat> but yeah. Eventually, you'll start doing some sick trips or tricks, and uh, exactly, yeah, I'm gonna start calling you Super Dave. Yeah. So that was uh, great to get around the the city. Um, just because you you know, with with the e-scooters, you could go pretty pretty good distance. You just need to make sure that your e-scooter was was fully charged to get around Indy. Um, yeah. So oh, hey, it looks like we got some we got raided. raiders from Sirens. Welcome, Sirenscape. Hey, Thanks for the love. So, exactly. So those who are joining us, I'm just uh, recounting uh, Gen Con. 2023 and my experience um and talking a little bit about all the stuff that we had with uh, cyberpunk that came out recently 
So, so we, we, we talked about the big, uh, like, um, promotional presence there for yeah. uh, Artel Saurian and Cyberpunk Red. Was there any swag, like buttons, pencils, pens, um, any of that kind of stuff? There was dice. So there was Danger Gale dice that I got. Um, there was oh. also... <laughs> Jealousy. Yeah. Um, the other swag I got was uh, the Michiko uh, figure from Monster Fight Club, which was a oh, con exclusive. And there was also a, another type of dice that I was given um, with the, the big reveal in the Q&A. So, anyways. Uh, so, Wednesday, I got to... I went to Gen Con to kind of pick up my shirts. So, I got some free shirts for, for GMing. Uh, some of the events for Artel Sorian. Um, so Very I nice. Picked those up. Talked with uh, Jay Gray a bit. Uh, I also talked with uh, Dave Ackerman a little bit. Um, so, if you guys don't know who Dave Ackerman is... He's been kind of with Mike for years, uh, from what I've understood. He was even before Altar Sorry. Pretty much from the Yeah, pretty much from the beginning. Is, uh... They worked together in for Star Wars back when Star Wars was the uh West End Games uh version. Still the best Star Wars role playing supplements I've ever seen. Yep. Um, yeah, so then that Thursday, uh, I had a morning game, but because I was running so close or, or had to get to Artel Soren close, I kind of skipped my first morning game. Um, but I did walk around the hall, checked out a bunch of things, trying to get the lay of the land. Uh, so if, if you've seen the map and if you, if you've seen any other people talk about Gen Con. Uh, Gen Con controlled the convention center. They were using the Colts Stadium and like four or five hotels around uh, the convention center were also hosting games. So... Damn. Yeah. It, you know, it, it took... If you were unlucky with a game, it could take you probably 10 minutes of a walk to get to your next game or more, depending upon, you know, floor traffic and, and all of that. So I really didn't want to risk uh, showing up late to uh, Artel Sorian's games. But so the games I ran, uh, one was, I think the first day was uh, Digital Divas. So Digital Divas is part of the data pack supplement. Um, that went well, a lot, a lot better than I thought it was going to be because the adventure is kind of light and, and action and role playing. So I was able to make it work um, and the players enjoyed it. So that's all that mattered. Um, Absolutely. And of course, you know. Well, and you enjoyed it too. Yes. Yeah, I did. And I haven't run a con game in a while, or at least a role playing game. Um, 
I used to run uh, Battletech events at one of the cons, but role-playing I probably haven't done in 10 years. Uh, so it was kind of nervous. But uh, having that first one under your belt, kind of the next one went smoother. So the next game I ran was Edge Runners. So it was a introduction to some of the new tech and, and new rules that Edge Runners is uh, producing. I don't know how much I can say about the, the rules. I assume that, you know, because there's players there, it's kind of public, but I can at least give you a, a high-level rule set that's coming out around Edge Runners, that sure. at least the, the pack I saw. So uh, uh, the pack I, I was given was mostly just the different types of weapons uh, from the game. So a lot of the 2077 games have been kind of statted out. Uh, also, quick hacks. So I think the preliminary rules of quick hacks were introduced, uh, which I, I don't know. I mean, I played with them. I saw what they can do. Uh, I tried to do some of it on other players to quick hack them, but you know, uh, it, it, they're interesting, right? So they're very, they don't have everything, um, or they, at least this, this section, they didn't have too much of too many of the quick hacks that are in cyberpunk 2077. They sure did have quite a powerful quick hack, which was puppeteer which you had to do your interface plus a D10 and defeat a DV of 12. And with Puppeteer, you could control the target's next action uh, oh, as yourself. That's, that's pretty powerful. And, yeah, and to the point where it's kind of like in 2077 where you can do, the, you have the uh, suicide quick hack or the, the detonate grenade. You can do that. Nice. So that's kind of did it, did it work pretty smoothly? Um kind of because no one was able to do a puppeteer on anybody. <laughs> At least the the times I ran this game, so it was kind of good uh from that point of view. Yeah, you don't want that to be easy, Jesus. Yeah. But again, you were playing with with people who had interface of 4, right? So Oh, okay. You, yeah, that'll if you think you have a, a seasoned character with an interface of eight, you need a four or greater to succeed with Puppeteer, which kind of is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, um, that's and the and you downright can't. If I'm being yeah, so how you, how the hack works is the the person can resist it, right? Once they know they've been hacked. They can make a cool roll and, and get and disrupt the hack, but uh, it can be difficult because what you're doing is you're making a cool roll against the Netrunner's interface roll. Um, so for a low-level interface or a low-level Netrunner, you're probably going to be able to expel them. At a higher-level Netrunner you're gonna have a hard time so still not sure uh what what's the best uh, options on that i think it definitely needs a little a little bit of play testing just because 
it's yeah so i mean it's one of those abilities that are basically save or die right <clears throat> yeah and definitely sounds like that and i know that you know a lot of the games tabletop games are trying to get away from that type of real real hard uh hard penalty for for failing a roll um yeah, it's it always feels pretty hopeless. Yeah, so they also introduced for weapons uh, smart ammunition, which was interesting. So if you miss your first shot, you get to roll a second time to try to hit a person, mm. um, which was interesting. But there was, but it's it's a set roll as opposed to your skill roll for the second roll. So it's kind of like giving the AI the the chance to hit. <clears throat> they also introduced power weapons, which allowed you to do... Uh, I'm trying to remember if power weapons or tech weapons. I'm going to say power weapons or the ricochet. So they give uh, rules for ricochets with power weapon. So you can kind of bank a shot. So if someone's in cover, you can try to shoot them around the corner, which was interesting. So it kind of alleviates the whole in cover, out of cover type of thing a little bit of judge dread action yeah. and it also gave an additional five points to critical damage so instead of five points of damage five extra points of damage if you score a crit you do 10 which was Ooh. interesting um you had to charge the weapon too i th think that was the power weapon and then there was the tech weapon which you did charge with a move action so you charge the weapon, and you could actually shoot through thin cover. Um, depending upon the weapon, you would also be able to see an outline of the target behind the cover. Uh, there was one weapon that was able to, I think it was the Nikamata, which could actually penetrate heavy cover. So cover would not reduce the damage, and the damage that did get through... Uh, would half your SP. So, tech weapons were pretty pretty powerful. <laughs> um, especially like when it. it comes to uh, cover. So, And all that all that stuff is straight from uh, the video game 2077. Yep, yep definitely. Um, there was also some uh, information around the, the different type of cyberware, right? So the Mantis Blades... The mono, the mono whip, uh, gorilla arms, uh, also the concept of what they're calling the neuroport. So it's like the neuroprocessor, but neuroport has shard inputs. It also does, you know, you can communicate with it. It's kind of your agent, similar to what's in 2077, right? Um, and yeah. And if a person doesn't have a neuroport, then you can't do a quick hack on them. However, neuroports are kind of like, as you saw in 2077, they're, they're, everyone has them because you have to, you need them to like do payments and all that other stuff. So yeah, I think Pan Am's the only person you come across that doesn't have one. Does she not have one? Interesting. Uh, no, she like actually like reads books and whatnot. Right. Uh, my my recent playthrough has a cell phone and shit. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, that's true. I may be ris- misremembering that, but I know some one of the NPCs definitely just uses a cell phone instead of. They don't have a neural port. You can't hack them. Yeah, maybe it was Pan Am. I think so. Well, I'm doing another playthrough of Cyberpunk 2077 because. Yeah. <laughs> If, so, if I'm wrong, somebody will let us know. <laughs> yeah, and if those who don't know, next month we get got over a little over a month before uh, Phantom Liberty drops. So, was was CDPR there at all? Not that I saw. At least they didn't have any official um, stance there. Okay. Uh, also, I mean that makes sense. It's yeah. a video game, so. Yeah. So. Thursday night, Artelsorian had what was a called a um, cozy, co- cozy chair talk. So basically, so Artelsorian not only had their booth in the main vendor area, but they also had a room yeah. in which they ran games, and, and that's where I was. I think there was five tables uh, of oh, you got games. The yeah, so there was two tables for Witcher. And three tables for Cyberpunk. And then in the back, they... Uh, hello, Val. Um, in, in the back, they had uh, demos of Combat Zone. So that nice. was... And that room was right across from the vendor hall. <clears throat> so in that room, basically all the... the uh, powers that be of Arthur Sorian kind of came in, sat at the table, kind of unwinding, just, you know, chit-chatting about the stuff. Uh, Rob and Val were there. Uh, they uh, Yeah, I saw us. your picture with them. Yep. So they came in. Um, they weren't able to get tickets originally, and I'm like, just show up. Because <laughs> there's a good chance you're probably going to get in. And, you know, uh, hung out with a, a few of the fans uh, just sitting there chatting with them about cyberpunk. Um, talked to Cody a little bit uh, on what he was doing, especially with Witcher. Um, wasn't able to uh, chat with Mike. That table was kind of full. <laughs> uh, same with uh, Dave Ackerman's. Um, but it, it was fun to sit there and chat. And then after that, there was the Artelsoyan Q&A. Uh, so that was the panel. There was Mike, Cody, uh, Jay, Gray, um, Dave Ackerman, and I want to say there there was someone else. I'm sorry, my mind is going. Lisa wasn't able to uh, attend. There was another person. Why can't I remember their name? Uh, anyways, uh, so that they talked about what was coming up. Uh, for uh, Artelsorian and, and what their plans were. So the things they announced there, uh, they talked about the Edge Runner supplement that's coming out this year. Uh, the Edge Runner supplement, they also added that the art is going to be from Studio Trigger. So, yeah, I saw that. That's that's very exciting. Yeah. So awesome. So expect great art. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a new Forlorn Hope called uh, Tales of the Red Forlorn Hope uh, with some new Red Adventures. 
and I think we talked about it. Will Moss is doing the introduction. So yeah, I think he's gonna so exciting. introduce the or, or update the the people that be, I guess, uh, from the original supplement, which is cool. Uh, Interface three is going to be out by the end of the year. Again, th that is just a kind of accumulation of all the DLCs. Uh, with one or two additional articles on that. Um, <clears throat> and finally, or, and this was concerning Cyberpunk, that Edge Runner figures are being produced. And one of the, the figure designs is going to be the death of Rebecca. So basically, it's oh, no! <laughs> Rebecca on the ground shooting up at Adam Smasher as, as he's uh, about to do the. Uh, I mean, one foot some people, some people wear Reeboks. Adam Smasher wears Rebecca's. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So some of the information around Witcher, um, there is plans for two continent books. Uh, and it is a series. Uh, however, the, the problem with Witcher is they're working very closely with uh, CDPR. And they're trying to make sure that with the Witcher 4 game that's coming out, um, that they definitely have a, a close working understanding of what's going to be in the tabletop game as well as the computer game. Um, yeah, and, I can imagine that, there's a... Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think... step on toes. Cody was kind of making trying to make us understand exactly the com complexity of it all right because you know cdpr doesn't own everything uh witcher so any monsters that they introduce in the game have to be either from the original books or from the the computer game right and a lot of right. like fan fiction like they're not gonna on... yeah none of the stuff <laughs> That was like series, TV series specific or from any other source. It's got to gotta stay within the realm of, of CDPR's. Exactly. Uh, lease of the property. Also, James Hutt announced his new game that's coming out. I, I apologize. I did not write the name down. Um... But his uh, indie games are, are starting to come to fruition and are going to be produced oh, that's good. soon. Uh, the other thing that kind of was revealed was uh, Cody gave us all a card. And on that card was a, a QR code, which you scanned, which led you to a web page that basically said, in progress. So Cody has been working on a new game. Um Ooh. That should be coming out, or at least announced on our Tarsorian site. I think our Tarsorian did pr uh, publish the uh, the card in one of their blogs and the QR code. So if you scan it, you go mm. to the the hidden page in there. Um, 
I think. I, I'll, I'll have to find it, and what I can do is I'll post it in uh, the Forlorn Dopes uh, channel on Discord. Um, but yeah, so that was all the announcements on that. Um, then that Friday, uh, one of my friends has a friend with uh, one of the burlesque troops that were at Gen Con. So later that night, I uh, saw a burlesque show. Which was jam packed. Those are always fun. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they, Gen Cons like those are famous. Yeah, they they needed uh, some uh, air conditioning in that room. I can tell you that. It was I, so I can only imagine like a bunch of sweaty nerds getting all riled up over some titillation on stage. Yeah, I, I hmm, hmm, that yeah. the I I can smell that from here. <laughs> Especially uh, the male Torin that did the crowd work. He was funny. <laughs> Just running around with a, a horde symbol where his uh, apparatus should be, as it were. Oh, and that, that's <laughs> it, huh? Yeah. That's, uh... It was <clears throat> Again. That's, uh... Frightening. Yeah, well... Um, but yeah, all the, the performers were top-notch so that was enjoyable so that was uh thursday so friday rolls in um that morning i actually did a took a a, a demo of combat zone so i had some experience i had not received my kickstarter by that point so uh my wife did text me hey there's a big box here should i open it? i'm like no <laughs> that's my present <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to uh, play yeah. Combat Zone uh, with the team. Uh, I kicked uh, Tiger Claw's ass uh, just because the Maelstroms nice. were just... The, there's a certain combo with Maelstrom in which I was just doing a hell of a lot of damage to the Tiger Claws. Um, and I was able to get their Sniper, so their Sniper is pretty powerful. I was able to get to that guy very quickly uh, through my foot soldiers and just decimated them. So that was fun. Uh, then I had another two games. I ran uh, Hilaria from Datapack. I love that scenario. Uh, basically, it is a night of bozos rampaging. and That's uh, always fun. And Spoilers, there's a different sect of bozos or, or splinter group of bozos that also cause torment and, and torture um, all the players did like that and, and that game I, I was doing two hour games uh, just because uh, Altarsarian I think wanted to just get as many people playing cyberpunk and try to give them an intro to them to cyberpunk so that's why I think that there was the two hour limit uh, but that game you can you can stretch on for a good four to six hours, uh, just because of See, that's the why I could, waves you can produce. I don't know that I could ever run a con game. I just don't know that I could ever pace it, close <laughs> things out, and move things along quickly enough that you know two hours would feel like anything. <laughs> yeah, so I just am not skilled enough. Yeah. I had to run 
all the games with my 2020 players. So it helped me understand, okay, here's the pace. What am I missing? What am I not missing? Kind of like uh, the digital divas. That, when I ran it with my 2020 players, it took an hour and 15 minutes. And that was stretching oh, it. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, it's good that you got you were able to practice. That's a good idea that I've never, I would have never considered. Like, I'm gonna run this thing twice, three times, or however many times well, it takes <laughs> to get it. That's what a con game is, right? You're gonna be running it as many times as you want, um, and multiple times. So, right. So Hilaria, and then I also did Adrunners again that day. So. Uh, that was nice. Um, shoot, I forgot his name. Uh, one of the one of the GMs actually created a, a pack for other GMs uh, with like the common rules all condensed together uh, in kind of a, a kit in which you could kind of introduce uh, new players to the game. I forgot his name. Well, that's helpful. He was definitely uh, he was definitely appreciated. Uh, with that work. Uh, I also met uh, Dice, uh, who is uh, a poster on some of the discords. Uh, he also does uh, videos as well. Um, he oh, was groovy. helping uh, Artos Arrain kind of manage the room. So he did quite a lot of work, which, you know, is nice to see the volunteers uh, help out. So... That was Friday, so after I was done with my games, I went out, had some sushi, maybe a whiskey or two, and then uh, heading back home to probably uh, play some more games with my buddy, because he was actually doing X-Wing tournaments, so I was kind of like helping him get prepped. Uh, I took the dive on the e-scooter, and <laughs> I think I was saying before... Um, when I took that dive, like there was, I did it in front of uh, a couple of people, and like six people came rushing over and were like, "Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? Are you positive you're okay?" And I was telling uh, uh, Wisdom here that I think if I was, you know, 20 years younger, they would have laughed their asses off as opposed to seeing an old man <laughs> take a dive on a scooter. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an old concerned. man and I'm laughing just hearing about it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, but it, seeing it live and in person, yeah, there probably would have been some concern. Like, can you break a hip? Yeah. Does well, he have life alert? <laughs> Has he fallen? Can he get up? <laughs> yeah, that would that was the first thing. It's like, if I can get up, I'm okay. And I got up. Yeah. Like, okay. That's that, that's always the reaction for for guys our age. Is, as long as we can get back up, we're cool. Well, I think that's true for anybody. Uh, so, yeah, so that um, didn't really hamper me <laughs> uh, from having a good time. So, yes, I was in achy pain, and I had not realized that I had cracked a rib. Um, <laughs> Please don't break my ribs. Yeah, my so, achy, ribs. So, uh, luckily I brought some ibuprofen, so I was like, oh, I, you know, I just got banged up on the sidewalk. I, I've, I've felt this bad fault, you know taking a nosedive on concrete before so i figured it was oh, nothing yeah. 
and only realized it when I got home and the the 16 hour drive kind of after the 16 hour drive my body was like yeah no I probably was also had some like adrenaline rushing through me being out there so I think well, I could I handled the I'm glad you're okay Val. yeah so yeah those, those pictures that Rob posted of all of us um I, that was me with a cracked rib. <laughs> I think I had a, a big-ass smile on my thing. I, I was limping a little, but... Next I mean, year. it's just cool that you got to meet so many people. Um, all the crew at our Talsorian, Rob and Val. Uh, you got to meet one of our players. Uh, yeah, I didn't get a chance to talk Citizen to Mike, X. though. Um, yeah, I talked to Citizen X. That was cool of him driving down. Um, he, he wasn't thinking of coming anyways, or, or to Gen Con this year. And I was like, dude, we, you know, we, we talk on, on Discord all the time. I, you know, just show up. Yeah, get, get down here. You can afford it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so that was Friday. Saturday, uh, I played Octung Cthulhu in the morning. Uh, first time I played, uh, the 2D20 system. Uh, and, and their mechanics of, uh, momentum and threat, that was pretty fun. Um, so Octone Cthulhu was basically Cthulhu during World War II, uh, using... Nice. Produced by Mordifius, I think, uh, and the 2D20 system. I can see how that would be a, a really good concept. Yes. Like the Kid horrors of war with... And then you throw in the absolute yeah. like killing Cthulhu monsters despair. and Nazis are is always a co good combination. Yeah, it can go light or it can go seriously disturbing. Yes, real quick. Yes, um, but that was fun. Uh, caused kind of an incident uh, for, for the group because we kind of uh, unleashed a, a horrible monster. But luckily, <laughs> I mean it's Cthulhu. That's what's. That's what's gonna happen. That's the whole, whole thing of it. Luckily, our uh, our government agencies that deal with the paranormal were going to do a a bombing run in that area, just to make sure nothing else gets out of there. Yeah, and then uh, I ran, uh, I ran one game, I think. So this was Saturday. So did I run one game? I ran one game which was, again, Edge Runners. So I ran Edge Runners uh, all four days, and the first two days were the two supplements from uh, from the data pack. So after that, I kind of... Damn, so by the end of the show, you had that down pat. Yeah, pretty much. So Saturday, I was... Um, I did a full walkthrough of the vendor hall um, completely. Uh, then I, uh, what was it? What else did I do? Oh, I, I play. We were we tried to get to do. Um, was that new Star Wars game card game? Hmm. It's not Shatterpoint. It's 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 a new. Star Wars card game that my friend was uh, really into because he's a like I said X-wing Armada 
all that stuff he loves. So he got hooked into the computer, into the card game, and wanted to play it and show me the thing. He waited in line for half an hour, and then was like, "Okay, do you have tickets?" And I'm like, "No." And I'm like, "Well, you just wait here and see if we have room." And they did not have room. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah. So I'm not as big into card games per se, but some of them are really interesting. Yeah. So me and my buddy, um, what did we do? We went. I think we went to. Uh, a restaurant. I'm trying to remember which one. Probably the district. Apparently that was the, the bar restaurant that we liked, which was a few blocks away from uh, the convention center. Um, so we hung out there, and then around 10 o'clock there was another party that we went to uh, at some club and uh, had a good time there. Um, <laughs> loud music. Uh, I think it was uh, the um, who was hosting it, it was uh, Cosplays Deviants I think was the uh, oh, nice. group that was doing it hosting it so yeah it was fun <laughs> uh, a little expensive though because of how, much, how many drinks we had um, but yeah so I had a great night and then Sunday uh, I did my one game um, I stayed out a little too late Saturday night, so I missed the morning session, which I was going to do a, a Battletech paint, uh, tutorial. Uh, failed to do that. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Which is, yeah, it's fine. I was just going to learn, like, additional twit tips to refine my painting style, but. Um, then I ran Edge Runners. Then uh, I hooked up with Rob and Val. Uh, we hooked up with um, Juicy Gardlin and Stink Palm. Uh, and so, Juicy Garland, what a great name! Yeah. So she's on the stream with uh, Raven. Who does the High Riders okay. game? And Stinkpom is also part of that. And I think Stinkpom okay, has great. been on other things with uh, Rob uh, talking about Cyberpunk. So we had Rob, Val, all these guys. We had lunch together, uh, did a quick uh, photo shoot, which was fun. Uh, and then I met, then I hung out with uh, Citizen X. Uh, so it was great to talk to him. For, for an hour or so. Um, and then... Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I think... Joe is good people. Then I went home, packed, to get ready for the drive that was happening the next day, and also to recuperate from some of my wounds and my <laughs> <clears throat> late night uh, shenanigans from Saturday night. So, I mean, I, at least you missed like the con funk. I know a couple of other people on my Facebook feed. They they came down with the con funk pretty severe. Yeah. So one one guy um, kind of had the sniffles, but 
didn't it didn't turn into anything other than that for two or three days. Um, one of the guys I went with kind of just doused themselves with vitamin C up to con the con and continued to just douse himself with vitamin C throughout, and he didn't ever got That's affected. That's probably a good idea. I didn't get any affected with any um, con funk. However, one of my friends did when he got finally got back this week because he actually went to Pittsburgh the following week. Um, and he got, he has COVID. So we're not sure if he got COVID Ooh. from Gen Con or if he got COVID from Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, that's rough. I would say, yeah, there's a 50, 50 chance both. And of course he's like, why didn't you guys get it? And we're like, well, Hey, you know, Fauci might've been right about that, uh, vaccination <laughs> that it works sometimes. Yeah. I still haven't had it, knock wood. Uh, and I'm fully vaccinated, so. Good for you. I've had uh, it twice. Uh, the first time was pretty bad. I didn't go to the hospital, but it was, it was like uh, fever for the first couple of days which you cannot sleep with a fever. And then the... It's very difficult. Yeah. Then the next three days was uh, the feeling of swallowing razor blades. And uh, it's amazing how much you swallow during your... while you're trying to sleep uh, and how quickly you get woken up when you feel like you're swallowing razor blades from a a dream. The first shot got my moderna and like i didn't feel anything from it there were no side effects at all the second shot man it felt like somebody had dead armed me just pounded on my shoulder for like half an hour and it like persisted for like three days mm-hmm. but after that it was fine yeah so um the third one i never felt anything from it either yeah only one vaccination really affected me but that's near here nor there. Uh, so yeah, so that's that was Gen Con again. I didn't wasn't able to talk to Mike. I talked to Dave Ackerman, real nice guy, uh, real approachable. Um, he kind of yeah, was. We, we hope to have him on the show very soon. Yeah, he was kind of uh, helping out running the uh, the game room with uh, Jay Gray and Dice. Um, Real approachable guy. I wasn't able to talk to Mike. I did talk to Lisa a little bit. Um, we love Lisa. So, uh, talked to her, talked about for, for... possibly uh, getting on her show, and she was like, uh, I, what, what am I going to talk about? I'm not I'm not part of I didn't create the game. I was like, yeah, but you created the bozos. You created alts. You created spider. And she was like, kind of like... I don't know. On top of that, like, like, yeah, that was me. For like most of the '90s, like if you tried to correspond with Artal Sorian, like she was the one you talked to. Definitely the one I talked to. She still is. Um, (laughs) So if you if you try to contact them, it's probably going to be them. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, she's she's a very important part of the company. Yeah, so I can sympathize with how she feels. 
Let's see. So the card that was given out um, during the, the Artalsorian, um, that's it, Project Moon or Blue Moon. So if you go Any... to Artalsorian, this is the first time hearing of this. Yeah. So if you if you're on Artalsorian's uh, Discord under their announcements, uh, Jay Gray posted the card that we got uh, back on the fourth, <coughs> and it has the uh, QR code. So there's nothing done yet, other than. Um, kind of hint at what it looks like. So it kind of looks like an Asian-influenced type of uh, game. So supposedly at the end well, of the month, they're going to have more information about it. I mean, it's just exciting to see Artel Sorian pushing a new property. Uh, yep. Again, any any growth in the company is a good thing. Yep. Um, I remember when... Uh, they put out the bubblegum crisis source books. Uh, I think that was, was that the last, or was it Dragon Ball Z? Which one was the last one they, they put out? I think it was Dragon Ball Z. I don't know, but I think so too. But that was like the last time they had pushed a new product until, until the Witcher and cyberpunk red, of course. Right. Oh, there was also talk about um, Mechton uh, as well. Um, so Mike kind of was, you know, well, that kind of been put on hold because of the whole Kickstarter issues um, that he had. And he was kind of roped into the whole cyberpunk, right, with, with CDPR. So his attention kind of diverted, <laughs> I'm afraid, from Mechton. Um, whether or not he's going to get back to it, he's still, I think, on the fence. I think he wants to, but at this time, I don't think he can. There's just so much one man can do, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of sad. It's it's always been his baby. Uh, like, even more so than Cyberpunk, he's, like, Mekton is his personal favorite, like, it paved the way for everything else. Well, I mean, teenagers from outer space, but yeah. Speaking of which, they actually did a, uh, or Jay Gary ran uh, a teenagers from outer space event. Nice. Um, nice. Good to see the old game getting some love. One of my buddies actually was in that game and he enjoyed it. Um, speaking of which, I, I just want to say here that, you know, A, I appreciate our Clarsorian allowing me to run games for them at the con. Um, they treated me well. Uh, you know, uh, I was I was given, you know, A, shirts, <laughs> dice. Uh, they also were able to uh, pay for my badge, which was a nice perk. Um, uh, granted, Very cool. Now, granted, I ran four... Six events, so twelve hours uh, for them, uh, and I would do it again. I, I had a blast. Um, I thought it was a, a great experience, and you know, especially not have to coming up with an event or, or coming up with a scenario, and being say, "Hey, run this," uh, was a lot, a lot of pressure 
uh, alleviated from my shoulders. Um, <clears throat> so that was fun. Um, yeah, and Rob and Val, they were at the uh, Sirenscapes booth that was in the hall that connected uh, the convention hall to um, the, the, the stadium, right? So they were getting a lot of people involved with cyberpunk. So hopefully that, that was a, we have more uh, disciples of the cyberpunk floating about and just waiting to uh, make this the new, the new lead tabletop game, I hope. Well, I mean, it sounds like you had a great time and the, the whole whole event was a smashing success. Um, and, of course, we already knew that all those guys are just great people in, in general. So, Yes. I am so jealous of your experience. I wish I could. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe well, next year. Maybe, maybe next, next year. year. Um, just keep in mind that if you do run events and this was something I didn't quite understand. You can set a certain, well, granted, you know, you have to find people who actually pay the, the value of the event, but um, there was events out there that were, you know, $10, $20 a ticket for a four-hour slot, yeah. Uh, and from my understanding, Gen Con doesn't take a percentage. They take a, a certain value off which also goes towards paying for your ticket, right? Uh, okay. So, so the or the badge. So you can, if you run events, you can actually not only get your badge for free, but you can also make at least some money to help towards uh, uh, a hotel. Now, of course, that that implies that you know. You you find people who who are willing to pay the price, and you know there wasn't a lot of Cyberpunk uh, 2020 events there, and there was no IU events, so you might have. Well, a... of course not. I mean, why would there be an IU event? <laughs> it's 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 a fan product. I can't imagine that they're yeah. So you could be. But maybe you know, if I show. Up. Maybe if you show up, you could run it. So. Also, one of my friends was in a 2020 event. Oh, this guy, he, he, he was so, I don't know how he got so lucky. So if you go to Gen Con, some of the things you got to know about is, A, when you get your badge, you basically you are then all set to ready to be able to register, right, to get events. So... There's there's two kind of major dates before the con that you got to be aware of besides just buying the badge. One is the uh, hotel registration, and the other is the event registration. So hotel registration, you are basically told at this time, log on to this site and reserve a hotel room, right? And say whether you're doing a single or a or trying to bunk with one of your friends that's going. Okay. Right. So I was given a certain time. My friend was given the first time slot, right? So he signs on amazingly enough within milliseconds of it opening and he gets a hotel immediately. 
I have nice. a time slot an hour and a half later. I sign oh. on. All the hotels are already sold out. I'm like, WTF? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when can I, you know, and of course, you know, I went with the <clears throat> guys and the three other guys are like, yeah, we weren't able to get hotels either. So I'm like, all right, so you got a hotel. And that's when we kind of like decided, all right, let's take a look and, and try to get an Airbnb. And to me, I, I will always go with an Airbnb, even if it's a good distance away. Um, the Airbnb we found was just awesome. Uh, it was a, a three-story house and three bedrooms, pull-out couch, um, the guy who had the master bedroom paid the most. Uh, the guy who slept on the couch paid the least. And I was paying yeah. the last. But I was up on the third floor, which was kind of a, a big ordeal because they were all cathedral ceilings. <laughs> so even though it was a third floor, it felt oh, like the, yeah. the fifth. <laughs> but it was nice because I was the only one on that floor. And it was nice and quiet. Um, but yeah, so Airbnb, a great, a great thing to do. Um, and so, so we got the Airbnb and then the event registration day came again, you're given, Hey, events going to be open at this time to register. So all of us are sitting there and like all of us hit the button to get into the register and the registration for events is queued. Same guy. He get queued at one thirty-two. is his queue number. I got 5,300 and something. My oh, other buddy, God. my other buddy got 15,000 something or other. And so we registered for the events that we wanted. Uh, and, of course, you're, you're crossing your fingers hoping you're getting it. The guy who had the, the, the line 132 got all his events except one. All the events I tried to register for in the morning, none of them available. Um, oh, e even one that was yeah. like, you know, a $15 table. I was like, okay, I'm going to look at the more expensive ones because... You know, no offense, but some gamers aren't, aren't don't have deep pockets. So I figured, oh, fifteen dollars ones are probably going to have <laughs> have that. more of a chance, right? To, yeah. To, to be open. That's... Nope. <laughs> so basically, I had to, you know, get basically find the scraps. But luckily, you know, they introduced more events throughout the time. And you were able, as long as you were monitoring it, you could probably get into a possible game or game system that you actually wanted. So, but still, or my buddy was just like, yep, I got everything I wanted. And, of course, one of them was an eight-hour Cyberpunk 2020 game that he was in. Nice. Um, so. Lucky bastard. Yeah. And an eight-hour event at uh, a con is I thought was like that that's got to be a typo because usually they're four hour slots um but yeah yeah anyway. that's that's a pretty big investment for yeah 
So for a, yep, a con weekend, I would imagine. And four hours so, in, they had a break. They had a lunch break or a dinner break, and then they came back in and did it. And that DM was actually in one of my red games. I was like, you're crazy for doing nice. an eight-hour thing. And he's like, yeah, but I do it all the time with, you know, my home group, right? I, I spend a Saturday or a Sunday playing straight for eight hours. So uh, that's the kind of thing I want wanted to, to bring to the I was going to say, honestly, that would probably appeal to me more than any of the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you you're, you went to Gen Con, and I have to ask, did you, did you do the live dungeon? No. Uh a friend tried to talk me into it, but I was just like, you know, I I didn't want to overburden myself going there. So I kept my nights. So I was done with my days usually by six unless, you know, there was one of those special events. Uh, just because I prefer to have a, a, a bit of a nightlife, right? Um, so really, and the way... Our Tussarian scheduled me, you know, either I was on at 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock or, or noon with a break in between, a two-hour break in between the two events. So my my schedule was during the afternoons was kind of blocked off from <clears throat> just doing our Tussarian or going to the vendor hall. And then the mornings were kind of my events. And I don't know, I just, uh, I, I've done the LARPing thing. I've, I've done the SCA thing. Um, I guess it's it's not as much as... I'm not much as interested in it as I used to be. Um, sure, I can get that. I've... And I've done it in an escape room, so... It probably would have been fun. Um, but yeah, I just didn't get to it. Alright, rolling. Well, like I said, it sounds like you had a great time anyway. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm definitely some jelly vibes coming, coming from my direction. I gotta say that. Yeah. Heck, just, just meeting, just meeting all the people that would have been, that would have been my primary goal anyway. Yeah. That and the swag. I love swag. Yeah, uh, not a... any kind of promo, anything, just, that's just my jam. Yeah, the problem with swag is you gotta carry it back. <laughs> I'm very light travel. I mean, I guess that's kind of the groovy part of it for me. But yeah. that's my yeah. Well, if you're a card collector, you could make off with three hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, magic cards. That that was the yeah. Big, the I mean, I, I feel bad for. Whoever was in charge of that stuff, that, but uh, oh, yeah, so that that was kind of the big uh scandal. Hey, Dice, yeah, so Dice uh, RT RTT, I'm oh, sorry, Dice TTRPG. My dyslexia is coming through. Um, he was manning <laughs> the, the room and kind of running everybody and helping out with uh Artos Sarian. Dice you did an awesome job yeah. man. Um keeping everything working and and moving. So Will has spoken highly of you. 
yeah everyone i met was was awesome to talk with um and of course me being an east coasters you know a bit of an introvert uh so yeah uh overall it was it was definitely a fun time um what was i about to say there was something else shoot we're talking about swag oh um so the past couple of gen cons uh monster fight club has this container ship that they kind of do a, a display on uh with all the uh, various containers so it's this big massive uh ship that they have like miniatures running over etc so supposedly they nice. might be doing a kickstarter for 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 purchasing that thing um in the future so that's interesting to to think to have that humongous ship to play on um i mean i very much dug their uh they're like modular city block building sets yeah those were really cool yeah now that i'm i took uh took it out of the main box and started breaking them up with all the little connectors and stuff. It's, it's pretty nice quality. I, I don't know if you want to get into, you know, talking about combat Yeah, zone. absolutely. Let's let's get into talking about some some uh, combat zone. Yeah, so, so the yep. Kickstarter, for those who don't know, the Kickstarter just landed. Um, the Kickstarter was about two years ago they started it. So it was uh, kind of at the height of COVID. Maybe a little bit before COVID. I think it was before COVID. I, I think it was, it was just before COVID. Yeah. I know because I had enough disposable income at the time that I could afford it. It was my last like large RPG purchase. Right. So that landed while I was at Gen Con. So my box came in. And I didn't. And the only reason why I saw it was because I was at Gen Con and they had it all on display. Um, so they had demo games running, uh, their booth was fully stacked. And of course I'm looking at it like, Ooh, I don't remember what I ordered. So yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to buy duplicates <laughs> that I don't have to. So kind of was, uh, refraining from picking up more. And of course come to find out, yes, I didn't buy the Bozo pack. I didn't buy generation red. I didn't buy, uh, the Edge Runner one because I figured the Edge Runner was from their previous sets, which apparently wasn't. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 quality the quality is definitely there. Um, the graphics are great. yeah. I mean, for for plastic minis, these things are great. They're gorgeous, highly detailed. Uh, I picked up a. Uh, Danger Gals and Arasaka, and uh, what, um, there was there's one other one somewhere. I think it's in the other room. Uh, Maelstrom, I think. Yeah. Oh, you picked up an additional Maelstrom. Uh, yeah, because they're just fucking cool. Yeah. And I'd already bought as many of the uh, individual like miniature packs that I could beforehand. Yeah. So uh, my purchase was I got the main book, 
I got the Zoners, uh, Trauma Team, Arasaka, Lawmen, and Danger Gal. Uh, nice. Just because I was thinking more of gearing this towards you know the tabletop play. Uh, and yeah, exactly. Thinking about oh, these are the miniatures I want because I really don't use bozos very often, though I should. No, and I've <laughs> already got some from you know the original uh, mini sets. Yeah, back in the day from like Grenadier and Alpartha. And I also purchased the Scatter Terrain. Um, with, I don't remember if the crates and barrels. Scatter terrain was an addition or not, or, or if it was a stretch goal. But I picked up the um, the vendor machines and, and things like that. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah. And of course, you know the stretch goals. Like the, there's uh, tons of it. There, yeah, there's tons of stretch goal stuff, and I like the uh, I, I like the quality of the little. Arasaka, uh, like shipping crate thing. Cool. Yes, I actually was. Now that I saw it and actually held it, I'm like, oh man, I should have got the the five pack that they had. That's what exactly what I was thinking. Like, I, I just got one of these, and I'm really <laughs> kind of kicking myself about that now. Like, I should have gotten. I should have gotten more. Yeah. So, but I was already pushing my limit. Uh, with what I did get, and I didn't want to end up, uh, I didn't want to end up getting duplicates of any of the minis. Yep. Because uh, I noticed that a lot of the minis looked very similar to stuff they had already released. Right. And and when I first um, did the Kickstarter, and I didn't quite understand the rules. I mean, they showed me what what they had. Uh, and of course, you know, my, my wargaming experience was basically you just have a sheet of stats. You don't have any counters or cards or any of that. You just roll dice. You make calculations to, to see if you kill your opponents or to kill the enemy figures. Um, so it was very straightforward for me. So the concept of having a card, having equipment on that card, having those tokens... Um, the, the yeah. green, red, and, and yellow. I wasn't sure if I was going to like to play that way. Um, but yeah, then, there's a lot of fiddly bits going on. Yeah. And then my friend got into X-Wing recently, like within the past two years and got me playing it. And that has a lot of tokens, a lot of cards that you lay out as you're playing. Uh, so playing that way kind of got me used to it. And then going with the demo and seeing how much more simplified it is compared to like X-Wing, um, I really enjoyed it. And and the, the guy who who did the who ran the demo said, "Yeah, I used to be a big X-Wing player, but when I started playing this, I found this to be a lot more streamlined, a lot easier to to play through, and a, a lot a lot of fun uh, just because of the." various combos you can do with the cards um so so those who have yet to see or, or hear about combat zone so combat zone is, uses the react system um 
which is basically it's a color-coded system so you have red green or red yellow green uh, that they those colors correspond to the length right the range right so there's a red red range a yellow range and a green range uh, it also corresponds to what actions you can do so for example a, a card such as like the the maelstrom warlord has two green actions and a yellow action uh, so you have those three actions that you can do during your turn right so each each action you can do and it alternates between the two players uh, and those those colors correspond to a dice right so green is a 12-sider yellow is a uh, uh, 8-sider and red is a is a six-sider so what you're trying to do is you're basically rolling off against your opponent um, if you're not rolling against your opponent you're rolling against what's called the obstacle die which is uh, a d10 so the each character might have a bonus to one of those dice rolls uh, but for example if i shoot you i can say i want to use a yellow action to shoot you which mean doesn't necessarily mean i can only go out to yellow range it just means i use a d8 to try to see success and the opponent of course can choose what action they want to use whether it's a green or a yellow uh, to kind of thwart you right so if they use a green there's a good chance that they might get above what you roll however if you do lose and you take a wound your action color then becomes red uh, and that's kind of how it tracks hit points uh, so the system is <clears throat> so is like what f anywhere from like four to eight uh, uh, miniatures you play per side so uh, I haven't had a chance to play it yet I've just looked through it with mouth watering um, but I haven't been able to schedule a group to play it yet how long does each game last uh so the game i so the demo i did took about an hour right so those were slotted for an hour uh didn't even last so i it was four four miniatures per side right and of course it was slow because we were learning it so right. they're quick i mean the game's quick right so the game also has point a point system of cost right so you can build your units they use of course cyberpunk EBs, right? Eddies, uh, as their sure. as their system to figure out how big of a unit you can build, right? So the they say you can use a hundred EB or one hundred and fifty EB or even go up to two hundred EB. Um, so a hundred EB, you're probably looking at an hour, maybe less, maybe a little more of time to to play. So it's kind of quick. I think the major thing is just the the setup because um, you're pulling out all the cards and you're getting all the tokens out uh, for those actions and basically purchasing the, the, the equipment for each card that you might want. Um, yeah. So I think setup probably, setup can probably take, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and then I think as you get better at running the game, it'll be very quick. 
so you'd want to bump up your 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 force cost a little more <clears throat> see that's what i like i like games that run at a faster pace i've got friends who play board games and stuff all the time but they like these long like drawn out like take hours upon hours like like basically half rpg board games that play more like risk than anything else and i cannot play risk i just fall asleep during that yeah. so i'm very excited to hear that this is a quicker game it is a quicker game and, it, and uh, it's not like some of the other war war games that i've played in which it's like okay either everyone moves on your side then everyone moves on my side and then we resolve their actions right or i move a whole big unit then you move one of your units then you move one of your units it's basically we go back and forth um doing actions or not doing actions right uh and getting into position so even though your your character card might have three to four actions that you can do, you don't have to do all those actions in that time. The reason why you would save up some of those action is because, like I was saying, it's called the react system, which means if a figure shoots if you... If something happens. Yeah, if a figure shoots you, you yeah. and you get wounded, you then have the ability to use one of your actions, right? So you can shoot back, you can move out of the way... And you can do other things. Um, there's also, like, with, with my the game I was in with Maelstrom, um, it, the, the, the combinations that you had was I had one character who could then activate another character as an action, right? So during my turn That's... of that character, I activated another guy who just went to town on one of the tire claws and destroyed them. And then it went back that to... That sounds like a pretty good ability. Yeah, and then it went back to that character's actions to fill out her other two actions. Um, so it was, a, it was a nice combo that I could use all her actions, and then with her last action, I activate another unit to kind of finish the guy off. Um, and of course, when he finished the guy off because he beat somebody... Or, or caused a wound, everyone who was within visual sight of this one guy, all of them would get their actions um, reset, or at least get one of their actions reset. So basically, he was kind of this thing in which I didn't have to do a full reset. So, so once you spend all your actions, you have to do what's called, the I think, a, a refresh or a reset. And basically, it flips all your little tokens over. So you can do all your actions again. Um, so after you've spent all your actions, then you have to do a reset. And usually it's it's kind of... It kind of like means you don't do anything for a turn. Um, whereas your opponent can continue to do various things. So um, that little combo was just heinous for this player. Uh, because I just just destroyed <laughs> his characters because every time I did a wound which of course you know I had to do at least two to three wounds this guy would be refreshing all my other units um, so it was it was definitely a, a cool little uh, a cool little way of, of just keep on going and, 
and Maelstrom just wiped the table clean. Um, this, this nice, good job. Yeah, and this game also has campaign rules, um, which yeah, I saw those. I, I like. I very good. much like the idea of that, where you can keep the game going consecutively and kind of build your own story. Plus, you can just use it as you, cyberpunk miniatures, terrain, and all that. Yeah. Your tabletop game. Uh, I mean, to be honest, that's that's why I bought it. Like, yeah. the, 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 the skirmish game itself is just kind of a nice added bonus. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely play it as, as a wargamer. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's... it's and like I said, the quality. I mean, even the game board they they provide. Uh, I know on the oh, box. Oh, it's gorgeous, isn't yeah, it? The 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 description of the box is that it's a paper map. It is not a paper map. It is a hard cardboard, condensed cardboard. I, it's almost like I don't know, like a card, like a board game piece, a board yeah. game. But even thicker, board. And tougher. Um, yeah, it's it's every bit like the quality you expect from like Steven Jackson games or something. Yeah, and the figures are, um, are good. It's it's. I I don't know if you had this issue, the art but it is gorgeous. Um, two of the miniatures I got out of the the base box set, uh, which was one of the Maelstroms and one of the the Tiger Claws. The Tiger Claw was missing a shin which was a mold defect and the maelstrom guy was missing his forearm. I don't know if you saw uh, any mold issues with your figures, but if you do, if you, um, email info at monster or yeah, mon pardon me, monsterfightclub.com, They'll actually assist with you. Um, I actually have oh, an email with it. So, so if you have any issues, uh, they're very responsive. And overall, I think it was one of the better Kickstarters I've had. Um, and that includes uh, Rob's Kickstarter with the with the cool dice and the dice box and his miniatures, which were a dice box pretty good badass. too. Uh, the dice tower was really cool too. Uh, well, on that note, uh, speaking of the art of, of Combat Zone, um, Danger Gal also came out, and it looks like a lot of the art is based directly off of the miniatures uh, from Combat Zone well, and from other uh, monster product uh, miniatures. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know if the art is based off of the miniatures or if the miniatures are based off of the art. I think some of them, the miniatures were based off of the art, right? Because some of these images are from the base book, right? Like the Netrunner. Sure, yeah. Um, um, Grease. They're, okay, I don't know how much collaboration in the early days went on and I don't know who came first. Uh, but like the concept art, I did see some of the concept art for the minis and that basically just carried straight over. Yeah. Um, 
And then there are others. I mean, some of these are just kind of like rescans of like 2020 images, like the Bozo. Like that's that that's straight up kind of Chris Hawk about Bozo right there. Yep. <clears throat> so it's really nice to see this level of cooperation, having minis that feel like they came straight out of the books. Or having, you know, books that feel like they were based off. It's it's a nice bit of interplay and interconnectivity. Yep. Uh, I, I I liked Danger Gals. Uh, I just got a copy of it. Um, thanks to uh, my friend Jay Robinson. He, uh, he gifted me a copy. Thank you, Jay. Um, and I've had a chance to look through it. And it's it's a really pretty book. I really... It's... 90% of it is just a book of NPCs and various factions that they belong to. And that's, that's really cool. Uh, you've got things like edge runners, you've got trauma team, uh, the danger gals themselves. You got a, a modern write-up of the bozos and maelstrom, uh, for the 2045 cyberpunk red world, like kind of the interim between 2020 and, 2077 you can kind of see how they got to that point um the, so the, yeah it's just is yeah the other thing i liked about the danger girl was that even though they they in the mp so right so each so you have this you have the section describing the gang or unit or co corporation and then you have the list of the various npcs and with those npcs comes of course new new gear um so yeah. not only do they list the new gear underneath the character but they also put the new gear in another section which is nice because they consolidate uh that gear so you you don't have to go f trying to figure out okay which NPC had that one piece of gear that I'd like to have, you know, this other person have? Um, so you don't have to go hunting through the book to try to figure out where in the book that one piece of gear you wanted to use is. Um, I have yet to get to the NPC creation guidelines yet. Uh, but it looks pretty kind of useful. Oh, yes. yes. I and mean, it... Gives you everything you need to create a suitable NPC just for whatever purpose you might need it for in yes. the world of red. It's um, I liked it, and they also have a, a adventure in here um, called the incident. Uh, I can tell you that the incident, uh, just reading through it, was converted into the jacket for. Uh, for the Edge Runner game that I ran, so nice. So if you've read the incident, uh, that's kind of the game, except with uh, 2077 tech. And the premise was, uh, so the premise of the game was uh, Falco hired uh, hired people to go find some items for him. Let's just let's just put that there. I'll, I'll leave that as the teaser of what the jacket was. The first thing I noticed about the gear section, the new gear section, is a lot of the old 2020 stuff yep. uh, gets brought back, like the Magnum Opus Hellbringer and the Militech Crusher, Kandachi Dragon. 
uh, I am my chain knife. Like all this really cool shit that I fucking used all the time in 2020 is now available in red. That's, that's cool. I, I like that. Each of them, each one of them has like a. It's really nothing more than a price and a brief write up for each of them. Yep. Because you know the way red works with in re, in regard to weapon, that's all you need. But uh, yeah, it, it was nice seeing those old guns get some love again. Definitely. And not just guns. I mean, there's cybernetics as well, and uh, all sorts of stuff that you know. I I think maybe this. Should have been in black, in chrome black, but uh, I'm very happy to see it here. Right. Um, the other thing that was happening during the Q&A, you know, there was always still a little bit of the talk of, you know, a, a Nomad Chromebook still talked about whether when, when Mike finally gets, you know, pen to paper. Um, I think he's still having the, the ideas roll around in his head. Um, he was also mentioned uh, about, you know, the the High Rider uh, supplement. But again, a lot of that also needs to be worked through with um, CDPR. And that was another interesting uh, understanding of, of what's going on with uh, CDPR and Artal Sorian and how they have to continually uh coordinate between the two because if if you understand you know that you know cdpr kind of owns cyberpunk at least the the computer game going foreign yeah anything beyond red um and they they control you know that going forward um and Mike explained that, you know, there's his child is now in school and is growing up. And now that the school is CDPR and now they're kind of the caretakers of of it. Um, but he plays kind of a, a PTA role, right, in which uh, the teachers and him and the parents work together uh, to guide the child uh, to maturity. And he also said <laughs> that, you know. CDPR has has more uh, has more lawyers and more uh, money to kind of throw towards anybody who tries to start um, or or to protect the IP uh, because one thing that you know Mike can't do is protect the IP in other countries uh, just because you know Artosorian is very small. Um, I don't. I don't think they have a team of lawyers, especially international lawyers, uh, to go out no. and sink that. Because if you if you don't if you understand copyright laws, um, if you're not protecting your IP and putting claims out on it, you can lose it. I don't know what the time period is, but you can lose it pretty good quick if you do not protect it. So uh, there is that situation, and I think he saw. Uh, CD Projekt Red as as a good fit to try to to protect it, especially now that it's become so popular. Yeah. So with that said, again, <clears throat> they also have to coordinate, right? So if if Artosorian introduces some big thing that's kind of far-reaching, 
into the lore, it's going to impact the Cyberpunk 2020 or 2077 game, right? And vice versa. So if CDPR puts in some background lore on something, it's going to impact our Tausurians. Um, yeah, game. So. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely a very, very tricky web of coordination and uh, communication that they're going to have to tread. For them. Exactly. Um, so my my it, biggest concern is that I I hope they don't get too overzealous with uh, with the copyright protection. Um, there aren't many cyberpunk sites still out there, but. Those of us that are still out there, I'd hate to. I'd hate for them to go in like the Palladium route, where they're just shutting down everybody. Yeah, I don't I think mean, that'll happen. I but. don't think that will happen either. I think as long as you and, and right, so so Altersorian has already said you if you're doing it anything towards the the tabletop game, here are our rules, right? You have to give it away for free. You you can't just quote from the book directly. You you can't yeah you know produce anything and call it official because it'll never be official <laughs> unless our right. puts their name on it. So that that statement still applies, right? So unless CDPR you know comes around and says nope, we're 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 cracking down even harder. Um, yeah, like I said, it's not necessarily a concern, but, uh, that's, it's always in the realm of possibility. Like, Mm. like no one, I mean, I don't know if you remember before like 2000, but the amount of like art, like, like I said, like palladium sites out there, especially ones revolving around Robotech. Yeah. There were enormous sites out there. Um. Well, Robotech is, is, I don't think it was just Palladium. I think it was also uh, Harmony Gold. Well, I mean, they also hit all the Rift sites yeah. and, like, everything. Like, they just did a scorched earth on the Internet for anybody posting any of their materials anywhere. That's um, one of the reasons, one of many reasons I don't have any fondness for, uh, you know, the Palladium upper echelon right so yeah i mean there's 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 the it's it's in the background but i I don't think that's going to happen uh for one i think i think uh i think mike is well aware of uh how much the uh internet fan presence um has really kept the game kept the game alive when uh in the in the lean years when there was nothing being published yep so i don't think that's ever really going to be an issue i just yeah don't know how cd project red is going to react going forward that's really the only issue Mm -hmm. that's the only unknown variable per se Oh, and I guess I think we touched on it before was the the big news item was uh, some doofuses tried to make off with $300,000 worth of magic cards 
um, on Wednesday they rolled into the vendor hall with a with a skiff and loaded it up with cards and left. However, apparently they didn't weren't smart enough to think. Oh, there's a bunch of security cameras, and one of them everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. One of them, the numbskull that they were, was wearing a shirt <laughs> with their company's name on it. So yeah, we're talking about some genius level criminals here. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Um, it's on the same level as the as the dudes who robbed my storage unit, and then uh, recorded themselves on their own like front door camera, taking all my stolen shit into their house. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's some smart people out there. Don't do meth, kids. It it, it just don't do it. <laughs> don't do meth. Meth is bad, okay. Meth is bad. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge you for for uh, for most of the stuff out there that you might do, but meth is meth makes you. <clears throat> well, um, did we want to go deeper into Danger Gal or? It's up to you. I, I mean, a high level. I don't know. So again, with the, with, I don't know. It's. A, I mean, I haven't read it completely. I've gotten probably halfway through it. Um, I think if we want to do a deeper dive, we should set it up yeah. for a future. Maybe a future. Yeah, that makes sense to me. We can we can cover it in detail later. Uh, I will just say that I recommend it as someone who loves lore, as someone who loves NPCs. Yeah, pick it up. Um, this one was uh, headlined by friend of the show, Jay Gray. Uh, and it's nice to see. Yeah, yeah. Pick this book up. Give him some love. Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, so I don't know what else we can talk about other than, because uh, I know we're a little short, 20 minutes from our normal, but... Yeah, they can't all be two hours. We cover what we needed to say today, I think. Uh, just catching up with each other and getting the, getting, the, getting the audience caught up with what's been going on. Um, there was a lot to talk about as far as, you know, announcements from Martel Sorian, and I think we covered that pretty well. Yep. Well, in that case, I would, uh, again, like to thank, uh, Jay Robinson for, uh, gifting me Danger Gal Dossier. Um, again, pick it up if, if you get a chance. Most uh, definitely. And again, I'd like I'd... to thank... I'd like to, I'd like to thank Altar Surian, Mike, Lisa, Cody, Jay Gray, Dave Ackerman, Dice, um, for all they did during the con. Uh, not only for me, but for all the other referees, as well as uh, all the the people they interact with. Uh, and just lastly, I want to say that you know, 
I forgot to mention this, but my book, my table was always book full, which was nice. Um, even though there was a couple, no, rock, yeah. even though there was some no shows, uh, there was always people waiting to come in and play. So, um, which is always great for a GM to have a full table. Uh, so I, I meant to ask, uh, did any of the other old school uh, Artel Soaring guys there, um, Benjamin Wright or Will Moss, no, did they show not, up? Not that I saw. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> the other thing is, and I know we, we've talked to some of the old school guys before, uh, apparently William Moss, he doesn't do a lot of talking engagements because when I was talking to Lisa about like trying to get her onto our show, which is still a possibility, people just need to work on it. Um, and I, and I started listening. Oh yeah, we had Ben or Benjamin, we had Spike and we had, uh, William Moss and she was like, you got William Moss on your show? I'm like, yeah, why, why is that weird? And I, I forgot who else mentioned that <laughs> to us. That was like, wow, you got Will to talk on your show? Like, yeah, I mean, is, is he a recluse? I, I... So apparently, you know, he, he's a big win for us. Yeah, yeah, go us. We got the goods, people. Um, speaking of goods, we'd like to thank uh, Rob Mulligan and Cybernation Uncensored. Um, yes. Rob and Val were here in the chat with us today, or not in the chat, but they were in the audience. It was nice to see them. Yes, and it was um, great seeing them in person. Oh, I'm so jealous. I, I wanted to meet them very badly. Uh, I'm so jealous you got to meet so many of these really just amazingly awesome people. Um, again, maybe next year. Uh, yeah. I think that takes care of just about everything, pal. All right. All right, so uh, I'm CyberSmiley. Um, you can find me on cybersmiley.net. That's cybersmiley with S-M-I-L-Y without the E. Uh, also, I have my own uh, Discord. I'm on various Discords, you know, Cyberpunk Uncensored, our Talsorian, uh, a lot of the... Uh, uh, I forget what they're called, but they're they're just um, what are those servers called with all the uh, adventures going on? West, uh, I don't uh, know. West March, a lot of the West March servers oh. for um, for Cyberpunk Red. So on those, um, I occasionally go to Reddit and, and check out the Cyberpunk Twenty Twenty uh, thread as well as Red. So you might be able to find me there if you do a shout out. Um, yeah, I'm not on any other uh, social media, I'm afraid. I am Wisdom, triple zero, otherwise known as Derek Vernier. You can find me at datafortress2020.com. Uh, I hang out on the same Discord thing he does, although I, I interact there much less frequently. Um, I'm on Reddit at the Cyberpunk 2020 and various other Cyberpunk geared Reddit threads, the channels, pages, whatever the hell they call them. 
Uh, I'm on Facebook uh, at both the Data Fortress 2020, uh, 2020 Facebook group and the Cyberform 2020 group, as well as the uh, CyberNation Uncensored group. Um, I don't, I, there's no, there's no Instagram, there's no Twitter, there's, I don't mess with any of that. Uh, but yeah, you can also, you can reach us through any of those sources. Uh, we always love to hear from you, comments, complaints, criticisms, suggestions, uh, whatever you got, send it our way and we will try to address it. In the meantime, I guess yep. I will. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, three weeks. Uh, three weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's another one of those months. It's one of those weird yeah. months. Uh, yeah. Three weeks from now, uh, here on Cybernation Uncensored Twitch channel, you can also uh, catch all our old episodes on YouTube at the Cybernation Uncensored channel. There, uh, we've got our own Tales from the Forlorn Dopes playlist. Uh, where you can catch all of our interviews and all that good stuff. Yep. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. And enjoy your evening. Till next time. Yeah. Good night, everybody.